Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Welcome to No Meat Athlete Radio, episode 24. This is Matt Frazier, joined live and in person by my co-host, Doug Hay. Matt, how's it going? I'm excited <laughs> to be in your in your office here today, doing this podcast. Yeah, now, so for those who don't know, who don't read Doug's blog or have maybe not heard us talking about it too much here, um, Doug recently moved down to where I am, to Asheville, North Carolina, so for the foreseeable future, we'll be able to do the podcast live, which should at least uh, give us some better audio quality, if not some more uh, chemistry <laughs> on, on the mic here. We are sharing a mic today, but hopefully that won't be the case for too much longer. Yeah, we're snuggled up a little close. <laughs> um, so anyway, the things to talk about today, the main thing we want to get into is what we listen to while we're running, because we figured... The people listening to this podcast, I mean, I hear all the time that people say, um, you know, I love your podcast, we listen to it, or I listen to it while I run, and for that reason, we've kind of, you know, we sort of ramble, sometimes let them go and don't edit them too tightly, um, just figuring people listen to them while they run. So figuring that we're talking to an audience of people who like to listen to things while they run, it seemed like a good idea to talk about what we listen to while we run, so that... As much as we want you to uh, all the time listen to only this podcast, you might get a few new ideas to uh, broaden your horizons a little bit. And in other news, Doug's 100 Miler is coming up, which is exciting. That is May, uh, what, 17th? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And you just sent me a panicked message last night <laughs> or two days ago that said you woke up in the middle of the night terrified of, of what is to come. Yeah, that's right. I had a... I had a, a nightmare, really, I guess. I woke up, in the. it was early morning, and I had this dream that um, I was 70 miles in and had no idea where I was and didn't have any equipment or any food or anything like that. And I woke up just thinking, oh, my God, it's <laughs> two and a half weeks away, and I'm so unprepared. <laughs> uh, so I you know, I got out of bed, and I was looking for all of my notes and all of my uh, materials on, on running 100 and couldn't find half of it because we just moved and everything was packed away in different boxes. So, you know, of course, I, I send Matt a panicked email looking for, for his advice. <laughs> right. And my copy of Relentless Forward Progress. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, I had one of those dreams before my first 50-miler. It was like, I think it was about two weeks before the race itself. And it wasn't a dream as much as I woke up early in the morning at like 6 a.m. And, you know, it's that, that first few moments when your mind is totally clear of everything. So you have this you know, clarity or this, you know, insight. And for me, it was just this like, oh my God, in two weeks, I'm supposed to be running 50 miles. And I think at that point I'd run 30 miles. I'd done my 30 mile long run, but it was just like, it just hit me how, what a big gap there is between 30 and 50. And it was like, you know, I can't do that. That's impossible. I, I don't, <laughs> it's just going to be a disaster, but it ended up turning out all right, as I'm sure yours will too. But that's, I, you know, I'm sure we're not the only ones to have had that experience with ultra running because it is, it's a strange thing. You have to go out there and make this big jump in what you've from what you've done in, in training to the actual race it's a huge difference not like marathon training where you get almost the full distance right yeah and um i guess it was uh last this past weekend i ran the belmonte 50 uh which was a training run my last big training run before the 100 
Um, and it went well, and it um, I definitely learned a few things, but I'm still dealing with uh, some of the issues that come with 50 milers, like toe problems and, and that kind of thing that have been a little bit of a setback, which has definitely not boosted my confidence um, going into the to the next the last few weeks of, of training really and I think that you know that mentally knowing that I that that was only half of what I have to do uh, for the hundred is uh, kind of psyching me out a little bit but um, you know they say that uh, the leap from 50 miles to 100 miles is 10% training and 90% mental so I'm trying not to let myself get uh, too psyched out um, you know this late in, this late in the game yeah I mean it absolutely is that it's a matter of you just go out there at a much slower pace, of course, and you, at least in my case, it was more about like paying attention to everything from the very beginning. Uh, I showed you those sheets that, you know, where I had the crew had all these H and I put one of those in my hundred miler recap. So if anyone wants to see one, we can link that up in the show and you can see at least one of those sheets. But I had my crew had all these sheets where, you know, they were supposed to ask me all these questions and do all these things ahead of time. But it was just kind of like having that preparation and then making those myself made me kind of know what I needed to watch out for and what to expect and everything. So like the whole, I remember first marathon of that hundred, I just felt like I was extremely in control and going at the correct pace and everything just kind of felt right. And I knew like that I was taking account of all the right things. So it absolutely is a mental thing. And I think, I think you'll be fine for that reason. I think you'll, uh, you'll get that handled. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I hope so. I, you know, one thing I did yesterday was um, to kind of help calm my nerves a bit. As uh, I had purchased a, a National Geographic topo map um, of of the course, and so I went through with a highlighter um, and marked out the course and marked out where all the aid stations were, and so I could get a kind of a better feel for what the course looks like. And I was, you know, taking notes on all the elevation changes and you're just kind of segmenting out um, the course and in, in between each aid, aid station so that I could kind of really wrap my head around. Um, you know, where all the elevation change is going to come and where, you know, what I'll be dealing with at what stage in the race, which I think, you know, part of that is just uh, helping to understand what's coming and, and being able to mentally prepare for different sections of the race, which hopefully will will kind of uh, help me out on race day. Yes, definitely. And did we mention that what race it is yet? Uh, not, not this time. So this is the Massanutten Mountain uh, Trail 100, the MMT 100, um, which has i think it's i don't know it's either 16 or 19,000 feet of elevation gain over the 103.7 <laughs> miles um yeah so it's going it's going to be a long day for sure it will well, long day and a half probably <laughs> right all right cool so that's the update on that um yeah we'll we'll talk about that we'll certainly give you a recap of that and um on my end the only running thing i've got coming up is the heartbreak hill half and festival it's a new runners world event in boston i believe the date is june 6th through 8th or something like that and i and a bunch of other bloggers were invited to go to it so jason fitzgerald from strength running will be there as well as several other um healthy living and running bloggers so it should be a fun time and it's a half marathon with a 5k and 10k that same weekend and there are all kinds of different packages and i actually have discount codes we can put those at least put a link on the blog if not the codes themselves uh, if you are interested in signing up there that will get you something like a 10% discount on either the half or the combination of the 5K and 10K or all three races, which I think is called the hat trick, which I am not doing. I'm just doing the half. When was the last time you raced a, a half, Matt? Uh, I don't, you know, I think the last half I raced was in 2009, right before I, or maybe it was during my training 
to try to qualify for Boston. I, I ran a half in May or something at the at my race marathon was in October. It was like the very beginning of that training, and I raced a half. And I think I it was like a one thirty five. I've never really run a fast half marathon, nor will I this time. I don't think. But uh, <laughs> I've for what, I've just never been in like tip top shape for a half marathon. I've always been training for something else and using that along the way. So my fastest half marathon, as far as I know were the two half marathons that I ran in my full marathon, my Boston qualifying marathon, the two 135s. But in training for the 100 last year, I remember I went out for a 13-mile run, and it ended up being, I think I was around 130 or something. I didn't even, wasn't trying to race it at all. But I guess all the miles just kind of had me in good shape, and I went out and ran something close to 130. So I don't expect at all to run that this time. I'm not in that kind of shape. But this is kind of my get back in shape, get running again race. So it's it's been good for that. I've enjoyed training for something much shorter yeah i think that the half mile half marathon distance is is a really good one because it's you know it's long enough certainly to push your your will and uh you know you have to train for it and you have to train hard for it but it's it doesn't it's not as time consuming as a lot of as the marathon distance or or an ultra yeah Um, a lot of people like it for that reason because it doesn't have to alter your entire lifestyle it's like if you're a new runner you know training for a marathon is kind of a big deal and it's not that much time like people think that training for a marathon necessarily it just takes over your life then it really doesn't have to like it's you know 30 minutes to 45 minutes several times a week and then on your weekend you do your your long run which might on average be two hours if that i don't even know uh with a few days being longer than that so anyway it's not that much but a half is certainly much less okay so our last big announcement before we get into our topic for the day is something we've been working extremely hard on and it's a good thing you moved here when you did because the last two weeks have been pretty hectic working together on it, which has been a good thing. Uh, and that is the No Meat Athlete Academy, which I'm so excited that it finally has launched. I think it's going to be an incredible resource. I think it already is that uh, for the little bit of content that's there already. But uh, we haven't really talked about it too much. I mean, it's it's built on the same platform as the community site, which we did talk about in the last episode, I think. And uh, it's just it's a way to go way more in-depth, like way more even than a podcast like this goes. Because I mean, here we're having this kind of idle chit-chat and we've wasted 10 minutes talking about nothing. I mean, not it's not a waste, <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's not intense by any means. Uh, the Academy is much more about learning and the information. So, the, you know, we do our interviews in there with experts. We picked some topics. I surveyed the No Meat Athlete audience, found out what are the topics that are holding people back, like what are the, the urgent things that people need to get handled. And there were a lot of things. I mean, a lot of it was like, how do I avoid running injuries? Uh, how do I find, you know, how do I make a plant-based diet work in a life, in a normal lifestyle? Like, how do I find quick and simple meals that are healthy and that my kids are going to eat? Uh, how do I lose those last five or 10 pounds? That was a common one. Especially how do I eat around workouts? That was one of the most common of all. So, I mean, there were like 20 of these things. And the plan is to, for each one of them, kind of just go down the list and and find the best expert we can possibly find in that area and then do an hour-long interview with that person make it in-depth so it's not this sort of chit-chat that you get on a podcast but much more about like what are what's the information what are the action steps what can I do immediately after this to start making changes so it's definitely a different thing and I'm not I wouldn't you know lie and say it's for everyone who if you like this podcast you'll love this it's really for people who want to go to that next level and uh, you know have the level of commitment that they are willing to you know listen to something that is more intense and then go take action on it 
And then, of course, we also have follow-up Q&As and things like that, very often with the guest, where we'll do a live video Q&A so you can get on there and type in your questions, and I and some or the guest um, will help address those questions. Plus, there's some forums that kind of are exclusive and private. They're built on the same platform still, and they're visible there, but you can only actually interact with other Academy members if you are also Academy member. So that's the little the little pitch for it, and uh, just wanted to announce that before we get into our topic. If you are interested in joining that, you can or just finding out more information, check out nomeatathlete.com/academy-invite, and we will put a link to that under this under the podcast here too. Yeah, you know the this Nomad Athlete Academy is something that I'm so excited about. The we you know we've had two guests so far and have about four hours worth of of, of content um, and. I've been as as I've been uploading them and kind of editing that content. Um, I've just had so much fun listening to this, and I've been amazed at how many actionable things and how much I've learned uh, just from these first two guests um, myself. So you know, I think that the conversations are going to be really good, and um, not only for beginners, but for for people who are just really looking for further information and going more in depth in different uh, different topics. So. This is going to be a really, really cool thing for, for the Nomad Athlete community, um, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, and I think we should mention who the guests were so far. We've had the last most recent guest was Michael Arnstein, who is known as the Fruitarian. Uh, he's – I didn't really realize before this what an elite ultra runner he is. I and mean, he ran his – the time that's my favorite is his sub-13-hour 100-miler, which is just an insane time. I think it's like a 7-minute, 45-second mile pace for 100 miles. Uh, several big wins at some some big races like Vermont 100 and uh, the Havelina 100. So just amazing runner. And we talked all about our focus was on workout nutrition. How do you eat around a workout? Because Mike's the fruitarian, and I, I mean, of course, know that not everyone in the audience is going to be interested in becoming a fruitarian. But I still think we have a tremendous amount to learn from him. And the reason that we chose that topic in particular was because that is the overlap. Like anyone who eats a plant-based diet, or just about anyone, is interested in knowing how can you fuel around workouts before, during, and after to maximize performance, but in a way that is still really natural. So like without lots and lots of processed drinks and all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, you know, I knew that Mike did that. Like that's where I got the idea to eat dates during ultras. And during almost all my training now is I eat dates. And I learned that because Mike Arnstein did it. And, uh, you know, so I just thought he'd be a great guest for that. So he was our first guest, or second guest. And the first one before that was Sid Garza-Hillman, who Sid and I did a podcast episode together a few months ago when I was on the book tour. Uh, he's a good guy, fun, has a lot of good information. And he's he know, he's calls himself now the small step advocate. So that episode is all about, or that installment, I should say, of the Academy was all about how to create habits with the smallest steps possible uh, to make them last. So really, really good information. So anyway, the Academy is open now. It's at nomeatathlete.com slash academy dash invite. And if you check it out before the end of the month, which means Wednesday, April 30th is the last day, there's a very special price for current Nomeat Athlete podcast listeners and readers, along with a bonus. Um, again, check it all out, nomeatathlete.com slash academy dash invite. So now we get into our topic for the day, which is what we listen to during runs. So what we were saying was that Doug's training for his 100 now. I was training for mine last year. And it was really during that time that I really got into listening to things on runs. Like I had always kind of done it on and off, but sometimes I would do music and you know sometimes I would listen to nothing. Last year when it got to be doing 
the seven mile run, as you know from the Brian Powell plan, Doug, that seven mile run that you do all the time, uh, which takes like an hour. You know, there's just it's so much time to fill during the week, and people say like, you know, how do you do that? How do you keep from getting bored if you're running that often? And the answer for me always is that I do get bored on running when I'm running that long. Like that's that's kind of what holds me back as a runner. I think is the boredom. I don't I don't go out there and I'm not just in ecstasy the entire time I'm running. Like some people I think are. Um, so I always have something to listen to, and that's really when I started listening to podcasts and audiobooks and things. So um, we'll get into some of those things. Um, what Doug? Why don't you start? What What have you been listening to as you've been doing this? Yeah, I, I kind of take two approaches. Um, I almost always listen to something which is new uh, to this hundred mile training. Kind of like what you said. I think that um, just spending so much more time out, you know, on the trails or on the road, uh, has resulted in me wanting to listen to entertain myself a little more than just just thinking. Um, and I'll do music about half the time, but the other half I I tend to either listen to podcasts or, or audiobooks. Um, a few of my favorite podcasts recently have been. Uh, the Rich Roll podcast, which is a great one, and he brings on a lot of plant-based uh, guests, um, which is a lot of fun to to hear from from some of these guys that he brings on. Um, and then, I, you know, I really love a bunch of the NPR podcasts. Uh, this American Life, you know, has some great stories, short stories, typically um, three or four per episode, per hour-long episode. Radio Lab, which is kind of a, a science-y, more a little bit, nerdy podcast that just uh, picks the most random topics and you know you just learn so much about them and, and they they're talk about a good podcast and good uh, banter they're really good um, good hosts and then you know when it comes to audiobooks I guess recently I've, I've been on this short story kick because I think that while I'm running um, for a long time if I'm listening to just a single book and a single voice it's often it's hard to stay focused and concentrate, I kind of end up tuning out half of the, half of the book. So the short stories, uh, are something that I've really found are helpful to get me and again, segment, uh, up my, up my run. So I've been listening to a few David Sedaris books. Uh, me talk pretty one day is, is a great one. And then, uh, I just finished up, um, I think it's called let's talk about diabetes and owls. <laughs> um, which, uh, you know, his stories, I don't know if you... Have you ever read any David Sears? I've read his collection of holiday stories called Holidays on Ice. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty funny. It was good. Yeah, he, he's funny. And, you know, there usually is some theme that kind of goes throughout the entire book. Uh, but the stories are just outrageous. And uh, he reads his own books, uh, which is good because he has, he has a, a unique voice and uh, just kind of a unique way to read it. So I, I really like him. And, and the audiobooks are... are I've been kind of a new addition for me. Um, I listen. To, I use Audible.com. What do you do? You listen to you listen to audiobooks, right? I listen to audiobooks for the most part. I've gotten them so far from the library, <clears throat> which is one. I mean, I don't, one thing we noticed when we moved here was that our library has a really nice platform. It's like a software that you download that syncs up with your iTunes and all that. So that works out really well. And I would just get them from there. Uh, last year, I got Born to Run was one. I mean, I'd read the book, of course. Maybe once, maybe even twice, but when I was training for the hundred, I was just kind of in that ultra mood, and I thought listening to that would would just kind of make me more excited about it. And it did; it was really a good listen. Um, the Four Hour Work Week, Tim Ferriss's book, I've listened to that several times while I'm running. Just I don't know why; it's just just one that gets me excited and makes me it just makes the time go really quickly. Um, 
Yeah, both of those were from the library. I am also a member of not audible.com. I think it's audiobooks.com. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm a member there, and uh, we we get, like, I think it's a book a month or something. It's $15. Usually my wife ends up using them, but um, I am a member there, and I've gotten a few things from there. Um, so I'm trying to think what other books. I haven't done that many audiobooks. I, mean, I always say I listen to audiobooks when I run. Um, more often it's, like, audio programs like you know i'm into that tony robbins type the personal development type stuff and there's there's all the tony robbins programs and there's a guy named jim Rohn who was actually one of tony robbins original mentors and influencer so i have like i don't know five of his programs some of them are are hours and hours they're like recordings of his weekend seminars and they're like i don't know 25 hour programs so like i'll you know burn those under my or put those under my iPod and then that will be good for the next few weeks of running. So I do that and I I also do this like I've I do zone out like when I'm listening to the same thing over and over like you mentioned the same one voice. Uh, thankfully the iPod has that little like reverse 30 seconds button so if you, <laughs> if you zone out and catch yourself you can just hit that once or twice and it takes you back because it's really hard I've noticed on the run to adjust and this I use an iPod Nano instead of a phone like a normal person. Um, so the screen's really small, and it's hard to actually adjust on the fly and like, go back exactly three minutes or whatever while you're running. Um, so those are the main ones. As far as podcasts, I have gotten into that <clears throat> more and more recently, especially really since we've done a podcast. I've started to think more about podcasts because I have never really been a podcast listener at all. Um, but then with the book tour last year and that happening, I had to start looking at podcasts that I you know wanted to try to be a guest on to promote the book. So I just started listening to more that way. And the ones that I have done, I also listen to Rituals from time to time. Uh, I think it's good. It's really nice and relaxing. It's good for just kind of zone out podcast. Um, I listen to a lot of like entrepreneurship podcasts, like online business type things. And they're not, they're not like boring. You know, you're not talking about accounting or boring business concepts. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of interviews with really neat people. Entrepreneur on Fire is the most popular one that I know of and one that I've learned a whole lot from. Uh, and I was actually able to guest on that one while I was on the book tour out, in, I think it was in Oakland, and I, I called in and talked to John, the host, and it was really fun. But um, it's a good podcast. And let's see, similarly in that same vein is The Good Life Project, which is not necessarily entrepreneurship, but it's Jonathan Fields' podcast. And he's kind of like in this whole, I don't know what you call the scene, but blog any anytime i've gone to a conference he's been one of the speakers and uh just he has a bunch of cool guests chris gillibo was one he writes the blog um i'm blanking on the name art of nonconformity and actually listening to jonathan fields interview chris gillibo was on a run was when i got the initial inspiration to do the book tour i heard him talking about his book tour and i just started thinking you know, wow, maybe I could do that myself because he did his entirely, you know, do it yourself without without the publisher really lending much support to it, and he booked it all himself. And that, that's where I got the idea to like put up a form and ask the audience to fill out if they had any suggestions or if they owned a venue. So good things can, can come from podcasts. Um, TED Talks I've done, Blogcast FM, Blogcast FM, sorry, is another one. And there's one called The Sports Junkies. It's a radio show. It used to be in the Baltimore, D.C. area, and they still are in the D.C. area. Um, that one, I mean, 
I don't know if if you've never heard them before and you just listen to it, it would kind of sound ridiculous. Like they they just <laughs> it's it's really kind of dumb humor and just I don't know. But for me, it really does help me zone out. Like all these other podcasts are kind of thinking podcasts, and you have to really concentrate on them and pay attention. And this is just like the opposite. This is what I listen to during races, really, when I really do want to just like totally forget that I am alive for a few minutes and just like zone out. That's when I put the sports junkies on. So. Um, yeah, so that, that, those are my podcasts. I don't listen to that many more than that. I've tried the NPR ones and things like that, but I just can't really, I don't know. It's just like, for whatever reason, I can't get excited about them. Um, it's just like too, too intense for me, too much, too much listening. So (laughs) I don't know. My thing, what I often do is get obsessed with somebody online, like their teachings, like Seth Godin or Tim Ferriss, and I will just put their name into the iTunes search field and I'll find out all their interviews and then I'll just like load up 10 interviews that they have done and then kind of like binge listen to those for a few weeks. <laughs> um, so last thing, I mean, one more thing that's not really podcast or audiobooks would be YouTube talks and not a ton of people know this, but you can, there are some websites you can go to where you just, you copy the, the URL of a YouTube video and then go to these sites and put it in and that will generate an MP3 for you. So you can put a YouTube thing onto your iTunes. Again, if you don't have an iPhone where you can just, you know, play a YouTube video while you're going, or if you just didn't want to use up your data or something, um, you can, there are a few places you can go, and I don't know the, the, I think one's called Listen to YouTube, but I'll put those links in the show notes, but you can go there, you put the URL in, and you get a nice 20 or 40 minute or an hour long MP3 that, that is really nice. So that's where I listen to Mike Arnstein's talks, and he, of course, is the fruitarian who we mentioned before. He has two and now three actually really good ultra running talks and i would highly recommend them especially the first one um from his woodstock fruit festival which side note i will be at in august my family's going to go there for a week uh it's a week of raw fruit vegetables running hanging out lots of activities camping and we are really excited about that so i'll be there speaking once or twice and leading a run or two and anyway he gave an ultra running talk i think he gives one talk about ultra running for the past three years. It seems like that's been what's happening. Um, but the first one is really good. And I mean, the second and third, are, second is good too. I have not yet heard the third, but they're both good. My favorite one is the first. There's just a ton of good information there. The information, like specific tips that I got from it that I actually used, I remember were using the Nathan backpack as how do you carry food? Cause that was the question. Like, how do you carry all these dates and all this natural food? And as a vegan ultra runner, I mean, you need to carry more than, the typical ultra runner does just because there's not going to be as many options for you at the aid stations. So having that was really helpful. And I started doing that on training runs too, just bringing the Nathan, taking the bladder out of it, but loading it up with food and you can do it. It doesn't really weigh you down too much. You don't notice that you're carrying all this stuff like you would if it was on your waist. And the other great tip, which he actually mentioned in our Academy interview also was the one about you letting your, when it comes to salt and probably other things too, letting your body's natural feedback systems, you know, tell you if you're if you're hungry or if you're thirsty or if you need more sodium. And the example that he gave of that was instead of taking the S caps or the salt pills and just swallowing them, to actually dissolve them into your drink, uh, or just try to get your salt through your food so that you have to actually taste the salt. The salt because if you're having it in a pill form, then it's bypassing your tongue. And your tongue is this brilliant mechanism for for letting you know that you are 
badly in need of salt or that you don't need any more salt. And when you just bypass that, you're kind of messing with, with the way we were designed. And generally, that's not a great idea in, in a lot of different areas besides running. So anyway, that's just an example. A lot of great tips. In his second one, he starts going into all these things. He talks about hokas, which was like way early to be talk, talking about hokas. This was back in 2012, I think. And uh, he talks about how he uses like electronic muscle stimulation while he's working. He sits there and, and has this thing on his quads. <laughs> like remember that old uh, infomercial with the ab? Yeah. yeah. So I, I assume it's that. I did e-stim once where I would I had an IT band issue and it just would not go away. This was like before I even started the blog or maybe right after I started the blog five years ago. And as part of the therapy, I would go in there and they would hook me up to this thing and I would get these electrical impulses sent that would like engage my leg muscles. So I assume it's it's somewhere in between the, the as seen on TV thing and this high tech <laughs> medical thing. But I guess he just goes there and exercises his quads all day. And he was like, he said, some people think it's kind of controversial and criticize it and say like, that's sort of cheating in some way. Cause you're exercising without really exercising. But he, I don't know. He had that. And like just a bunch of other little equipment tips and just like weird tips. I mean, he, I think you get, the, I get the sense that he's like a very, uh, you know, not necessarily goal oriented guy, but like, really focused and just tries a billion different things to try to get the slightest edge. I mean, he has different things for sleep and he wears a, a blindfold and earplugs and a sweater or a hat or something when he sleeps, like all this crazy stuff to get the highest quality sleep possible. And uh, anyway, so, I mean, it's, it's going to be something that if you listen to it, you'll probably say 80% of this stuff I'm never going to actually do, but you might get a few little interesting tips. And it just seems like that's the way he thinks as a runner, um, which is, I mean, Part of the reason he's so good, but the other reason, as I learned during one of these talks, was that he ran 15 miles a day to work and back. So 30 miles a day, 15 miles each way to work, and he did that. I think I think most days out of the week he would do that. So he was putting in 30 miles a week on this fruitarian diet, and uh, that was when he was running his very fastest time. So anyway, I'll put the links to all three of those talks as well as the uh, YouTube converters. But if you're if you're just listening to this and you're not interested in uh, converting YouTube to MP3s. You can just go to YouTube, Google, or not Google, but type in uh, Mike Arnstein Ultra Running Talks, and you will find them for sure. They're from the Woodstock Fruit Festival again. So before we before we wrap up, um, I want to talk real quickly about music. Have you ever used uh, music? Have you ever like downloaded songs that have certain beats per minute so you can work on your cadence and, and do that kind of thing? The only times I've really done that was when I was – first learning about the cadence thing and first developing it because this was i mean that was probably seven or eight years ago now when i started doing that when i learned that trick for the first time and since then it's kind of been ingrained i guess where i don't really need to do it but i i looked up and i just like this is before people were really posting a lot of stuff like if you nowadays if you google 180 beats per minute songs you'll find all these sites and all these businesses that have sprung up just for the purpose of providing 180 beats per minute songs to runners and some of them will some, – some software I saw at a race expo once would actually alter your current p- playlist. Like they would adjust the speeds of the current songs on your list somehow and make them 180. So, I, you know, I was just experimenting and found – listened to the stuff that I currently listened to back then and was trying to find what was the closest to it. And I found that Eric Johnson song, Cliffs of Do- Dover, Cliffs of Dover, which is all instrumental, which made it kind of good as far as a running song goes just because it wasn't – you didn't have to hear the same words over and over, just kind of hear this music part over and over. But um, that's that's really the extent to which I've done it. I haven't done it that much more than that. Is that have you, do you do that? 
No, I, I don't. But I've been recently playing around with this app called uh, Rock My Run, um, which it, it basically you can pick the the beats per minute, you can pick the length of the workout, and it um, and the genre of music, and it will create a playlist for you that um, you know that kind of builds up at a certain point and kind of has more energy at the end, but always follows along that that roughly the same beats per minute, and uh, will end and at you know whenever. Your the end of your run is, um, and it's been it's been interesting to play around with, and it has uh, adjusted my, you know, I thought that I was running at the correct cadence, but I definitely have noticed that um, it's it's testing me out a little bit. So hmm. um, I don't know. I think it was cool. a good good way. To, every once in a while, I think it's a good thing to kind of use as a refresher. To yeah, certainly. <laughs> I think um, I I noticed when I was pretty new to running, especially to long runs. I often made that mistake of I would I would assume that like because what I listened to for a short workout would be high energy music and I think I listened to like techno music back then and some punk songs like lots of high energy stuff but on a long run like a three hour long run one time I had this playlist full of those kind of songs and I realized that you don't this is like really the first time I ever learned that you don't want to get completely amped up out of your mind in the first like 15 or 20 minutes of a long run and that's what i did like and i would listen to these songs and it, it, only after that did i realize how much better it is to kind of have the low key stuff at the beginning and mm-hmm. the value of, of being able to zone out and have stuff and that's kind of what led me towards the audiobooks for, right, right. for long runs so that i can just kind of put something on and it's not going to get me psyched up it's just going to be something interesting to listen to but uh, i like the idea of having the music at the end because definitely after the audiobooks i get tired of that and ready you know, music is a really welcome reprieve from the, the listening to someone talk. So it, it, that would work well to have that at the end. Yeah, a lot of the podcasts and audiobooks we mentioned, uh, a lot of people would probably find boring. <laughs> or, yeah, you know, it's just sure. you have to think about it, or you know, it's it, but it's not all that engaging. It doesn't really get your heart beat up, and it doesn't um, take your mind off things necessarily. It just kind of provides an an outlet for you to be thinking about something else, and um, I don't know, engages a different part of your mind while you're running. Yeah, and I think that's probably far more important and valuable for people who are are doing longer distances, like marathon training and beyond probably. I mean, if 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 you're half marathon training and you only have to go out and do, you know, your longest run might be if it's an hour and a half long or something and you only have to do that once and you have a couple other runs that are over an hour, maybe some half marathoners are going to have a lot of runs that are over an hour. But if it's a bunch of shorter workouts, you know, maybe a listening to podcasts and audio and audiobooks is not the best solution. Maybe then just, just a good short playlist is perfect. But I think I, I imagine that when you talk to a bunch of ultra runners, you will probably find more people who have made this shift into listening to, you know, just making, doing something else with the time because it is a lot of time out there and, you know, engaging your mind in something else is, is not a, not a bad way to do things. But I should mention that I don't do that all the time. Like I don't, you know, we talk about multitasking all the time and it's kind of become fashionable recently to not multitask, to single task, because it lets you really focus on something. And I, for me, there is a time when I want to go run just and just focus on that experience and just enjoy that experience, whether it's kind of trying to meditate or whether it's just go out and enjoy that it's a sunny day and just kind of like listen to the sounds and think and do whatever. And there is a time for that. But for me, when it was when I was training for, I don't know, 10, 15 hours a week with the, with the 100-miler training, it just seemed like most of that time I didn't need that kind of like solo focus running time. I was happy to have the distraction. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And especially when I'm out on the trails, I make a point to at least a few times a week, or at least part of you know, if it's a long run, to shut down the iPod and and really kind of experience where I am, what I'm doing. Um, you know, listen to the sounds of nature, but also the sounds of your feet, you know, hitting the ground and kind of the repetitiveness of that. And that can be a really good way to uh, clear your mind and and refocus yourself um, for the rest of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that is one of the huge benefits of running that is often unnoticed when people talk about how much they love running. I think a lot of it is, is loving that time when they're not distracted and actually just having nothing else to do but pay attention to things like that. And uh, so I'm not in any ways advocating listening to stuff all the time and never doing that. I think that is really important. And I think people, including me, probably don't do that quite enough. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, um, I think we have gone long enough, and we will wrap it up. Just one more reminder, um, because we don't have ads on this podcast yet, not saying we never will, but um, we do need to uh, advertise our own thing. So just a reminder, uh, check out the Academy if you are interested in this. We have, as, I, as we said, four hours of interview content on there already with Mike Garnstein and Sid Garza-Hillman, plus the Q&A sessions are recorded as well, so you could use that uh, the YouTube things I listened to and put those things because they are in there go to YouTube in like a private YouTube folder or something. I honestly don't know how all that works, but they go on there and you can listen to like our, you know, our live Q and a with Sid Garza Hillman. And, uh, so there's a lot of content there. If you are interested in more content from us, uh, check it out. No slash Academy dash invite. And again, just make sure you check it out before the end of the month. Wednesday, April 30th is the last day. So you can get the best price and the bonus. Uh, anything else, Doug, before we wrap it up? I don't think so. Matt, this was fun okay. doing it in person, and uh, maybe next time we won't have to sit so close to the mic. Yes, next time we'll use the mic. 